0: You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now, on with the show. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael, and with me always is my good friend. Jay,
1: formerly from the
0: AK. And uh, how goes it tonight?
1: Um, You know, now that we're getting into the doldrums of summer, you know, and I thought this would be the hottest time of the year. um, Which it
0: is, in my house it (laughs)
1: is. Michael, it is so hot outside, I feel like I can get sunburn, even locking in the closet. If I was locked in the closet, (laughs) I would be burned to a crisp. It is, this has been a record, you know, August, July here in uh, Texas. It's unbelievable for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's been a it's been a record year here as well. Like uh, we were at 124 or something yesterday. It was insane.
1: Yes, and, and and I know it's 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 a little odd. You know, once again, I'm I'm complaining to you about the heat here, but uh, you know, being like I said, formerly from the AK, where a hot day in Alaska, if it gets over 80 degrees, we sell out of every ceiling fan, every fan. You know, no, but we don't get air conditioning, but every fan sells out of every store once it hits 80, and that may be for a couple of days during the summer. And <laughs> other than that, it goes back down to like 60 degrees. Right. So to have a hunt, like all of July and most of August to be 100 degrees every day, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be t- troublesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Woo. No, I hear you. Well, some exciting news. I was able to come down to Texas and visit you. Yeah. It was very good. Uh, I think I left nice. – I think I left my voice down when I was. Yeah, down there. Yes, you I, did. I picked up a little bit of a cold, but we're trying to a <laughs> cold
1: you know. a cold during summer summer heat. I love that.
0: <laughs> I know it was from lack day of over
1: here in Texas.
0: It was from lack of sleep and then, you know <laughs> probably inhaling CA glue and all kinds of other yeah, stuff. Yeah,
1: well, we did we did stay up a little late and getting up early, and in fact, we did a little flying despite the heat. We actually had a couple of nice cloudy days and got a little flying in.
0: Yep, absolutely. I got to come down and check out your uh, new field. Yeah, uh, I, look, I was a little sad I didn't get to meet Jim and the guys, but no, unfortunately, uh, their
1: schedules didn't allow it. But uh, maybe next time, you know, there's many more opportunities.
0: Sure. Well, you know, I had I had some work I had to be that had to be uh, completed down in Dallas, and it was easy just to swap, you know, kind of fly through the little neighborhood there and, and stop off. So it was a good time. The uh, field is impressive, though. I like it. It's uh, very, um, it's kind of tucked back in this little uh, bowl, yeah. and it's got nice grass on it. And you got a uh, what'd you call that? A windsock for mm-hmm. uh, for the guys there too. We uh, installed that. That was pretty neat. Uh, it's up on a big tall pole and tells us which direction to fly. I didn't get to see any of those alpacas, spinning alpacas, or whatever you're talking about. But
1: <laughs> yeah, they were hiding. Uh, you know, probably in the shade, staying out of the heat. Like like. Good common sense animals.
0: Yes. And it was a little hot there, so I totally get it. <laughs> but we got to fly your wing. We did. That was pretty fun.
1: And uh, I did I did happen to uh, – y- you got me inspired. You know, you showed up and, of course, I, just to, just so everybody understands, I still haven't unpacked all my planes as of yet. So Mike shows up. I get a little excited. I, I knew he was coming down, so I pulled a plane or two out of the uh, – you know, I, I sent a bunch of planes that I have bought and I haven't put them together. And I kind of kept them that way. So when Mike showed up, I kind of pulled them out and we assembled them while I was here or I had pre-assembled one or two of them. We made in a few. So
0: Yeah, and so the big one us. was your riffraff. Yes. You uh, put together your riffraff, which was mostly done when I got there.
1: Yeah, it it really was a fairly, I mean, that was half an evening to put that together. Right.
0: But then you brought out this box um, that you've had for quite some time. And yes. Uh, Yes. Very, very similar to me. You buy stuff and then it goes into the closet and you, you know, and then you're like, Hey, Mike's coming over. Let's build this.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, when I got it, I I knew that I was going to put it together, but I knew I was going to be moving sometime. You know, just how it goes with moving. I could, you might move in a month. You might move in a year. And I just put it aside and I said, well, I'll just keep this in the box. And when I get to Texas, then I'll just put it together there. And sure enough. You were coming. I knew I had all the parts. were all in the box. So you got here, and I said, "Well, this shouldn't be. How hard will this be to put together?" And <laughs> uh, uh, not to say it was too terribly hard, but uh, no. For for the folks at home, you got to understand. Since I don't have my old shop and have my benches the way I like them, and know where all my tools are, so I have tools in one box and uh, tools in a you know some other pieces that I need that are in my you know clothing box or my shoe box. Ooh, who knows. So it was quite literally, you know, look, you just open a box and hopefully there might be some stuff in there you could use or or a tool you might find. So uh, putting this thing together was actually uh, it's kind of humorous.
0: And and that's actually a good topic for tonight is toolbox or tools for your RC shop.
1: Oh, hey, that's a good segue. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, because because we're we're talking about this airplane and we're going to touch on all these tools that that would have made our lives a whole lot easier.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> we, we made we you know, we may do, you know, taping some taping some things together. But yeah. Right.
0: Well, so the so the um the airplane that you had is a Hyperion. It's been discontinued, but it's yes. a, a yes, stupid, right? I, I,
1: mean, I want to say stuka. it's been discontinued for about four years. Okay. Not to say it's been sitting in my box for four years. I it was one of those things I bought off a club a club member, like I said, uh just before I came down. It's been sitting in you know, uh, in, 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 my closet for a year or so he had it for several years, you know, one of those type of things. So, right. you know, it, it's a beautiful kit, but it's not like we're going to be able to get parts for it.
0: Yeah. It's a one-time thing. It's you know? a one-time I mean, thing. Wanna, so yeah, put it together, make sure it fits. And, uh, so, so the first thing is, is it's a very large airplane. Yeah. It's not, I, I want to say
1: it's maybe a 46 inch uh, wingspan, 46, 48.
0: What? How big is your P fifty one? It's about the same size.
1: About the same size as that, yeah. That's
0: more like a more like a fifty eight, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't, you know, inch a mile. Forty
0: forty eight, forty eight sounds a little small. I think it's more like a fifty fifty two to fifty. 55. Okay,
1: well, I, we'll, uh, we'll settle on fifty. You might be right. I, I guess. I guess we should look that up. Oh, we'll have it in the notes anyway. Yeah, no
0: doubt, no <laughs> doubt. Uh, but it's balsa wood. Yes, and it's got it's got a different covering on it. Than normal,
1: yeah, it has the covering that it has. uh, Unlike you know, like a typical monocoat, you know, it's just one color. Uh, This one is actually uh, it's printed with all the uh, markings and lines and rivets are all on the covering. So it's it's kind of neat because it gives you a lot of detail. But I can see a potential problem with this. You know, if you if you kind of you know hang a rash or maybe you had a minor crash or or mishap. You could just re-slap on some monocoat the same color. You can't see it. This one, if you have a crash or a tear, you you know, even though you may fix the model, it's not like you can just repair that part of the monocoat that got damaged. Because it has so much detail in the printing of that, you know, of of the wing or that part of the fuselage, so... I could see that as being a little bit of a downfall, but otherwise, in this new state that it's in uh it's beautiful
0: <laughs> yeah it, it is pretty impressive. it feels almost like a little paper uh but it doesn't react like paper it reacts you know, it might like be you, you
1: know it might be a cloth like a like a linen cloth like a like kind of like a um, a dollar bill you know people think dollar bills are paper, but they're not actually paper they're you know they're a linen
0: right. Well, it's impressive either way. It um it works a lot like monocode. It seals like it. It it looks very, very clean and very um detailed. Yes. You know, it's got rivets and it's got some wear marks and that kind of thing. So it, it is pretty impressive. And I, I know there's another company out there experimenting with some of this stuff, so we might see that more on the market here.
1: Right. Like I said, Mike, it it's it's beautiful a beautiful covering. I just the only thing I can I can say to our viewers or listeners is that if you have a mishap or you know you 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 get you know tear it, or that usual rough housing of it or something it's going to be a hassle to get new covering and then you'd have to line it up just perfect in order to put it iron it back down so that's the only fault i can see of this stuff
0: all right all right well so we uh, unboxed it it's got uh, a fiberglass cowl that's really big it's got wire landing gear that are the Stutka actually doesn't have retractable gear. It has, you know, regular, just regular gear. Right. Uh, so there's fiberglass covers for the gear. Right. Um, the wings were really impressive. They have like a, a little gull wing type. A yeah, gull type. Uh, yeah. Kind of like the Corsair. Uh, but the ailerons and the flaps are interesting because they are not attached to the wing like normal ailerons and flaps. They actually stick out from the wing and they're a little bit lower than the wing,
1: right? They remind me what uh, like a flower, not a flower, a Fowler, fowler. flap, yeah, Fowler,
0: right? And
1: they're it, both so set it up kind like, of kind of hangs down, yeah. yes. So it's very unusual, and and I guess for setting it up, I didn't know this either until you mentioned it. You actually read read that in the instructions somewhere. Thank goodness somebody was reading the instructions out of the two of us. Yeah, that no doubt. if you if you set it up like you would a normal a normal setup where it's even with the wing that's terribly, that's not right, right? You had to set it up with the the highlight of the wing
0: overall. Uh, Correct, yeah. Well, there was a little inboard flapper on looking thing that didn't move. And, right. and the way that that's set up, it it's like a natural tendency to want to even your flap with that flap and then even the, you know, or match that with your flap and then match the aileron with the flap. And if you did that, it caused if you looked at down the cord of the wing, it caused the flap and the aileron to actually be above the trailing edge of the wing. So it created like a spoiler effect. Right. (laughs) And when I was reading some of it, it said these guys had crashed on the very first maiden and they couldn't figure out why. And it's because the airplane was very unstable with these spoilers. They couldn't get any lift. And every time they tried to turn, it just, you know, it would kind of just cartwheel out of whatever the turn was. And, finally somebody said hey you're supposed to set up the ailerons and the flaps with the trailing edge where it's equal to the trailing edge of the wing not that little flap section that's permanently attached in the inboard so when i read that and then i finally got them all set up they they don't they don't look like they're you know tilted Level, up yeah but they don't match to the other ones so it it's kind of like why well, why doesn't that match but but they, they match with the trailing edge of the wing, so it'll give it a little bit more performance.
1: Well, it's going to be interesting um, because luckily, you know, I happened to have a receiver where I didn't uh, Y all the uh, connections. We were right. able to have it everything on its own channel. And definitely for this particular model, you need to have – so what was that? A total of eight I, – I gave you an eight-channel. Yeah, an eight-channel or a nine-channel yeah, receiver. Yeah, eight-channel. And right. basically, you were you were able to use almost all of them, or seven, Yeah, you used all of them, didn't you? Yeah, yeah
0: I didn't use the gear channel. Oh, the gear it channel doesn't have retractable gear, but yeah. I was able to use the elevator, rudder, uh, two inboard flaps, and two outboard ailerons. Yes. and the motor.
1: So, and that's important because I can definitely see, even though we're you know using the Mark One eyeball to kind of <laughs> <laughs> to kind of line this all up, I can see once we get it in the air we're probably going to have a little bit of some trim issues that are definitely going to be, you know, we may not have gotten it right. So we're going to have to retrim it. And uh, by having everything individually done, we'll be able to get that much more trim control as opposed to if it was just wide together, then we were kind of at the, you know, the mercy of how much wiring we could do. And, you know, and with this now we can individually set the trim on each one of these. So I like
0: that. Well, so the first thing I'm going to suggest in the toolbox for building this, um, you know, incredible Stutka is a Chinese English dictionary. <laughs> because reading the directions on this thing, I screwed up about two or three times because re- I'd look at it and go, oh, that's this. And I'd put it together and then Jay would be like, hey, what about this piece here? Like the elevator. I put the elevator. It's, oh, it's yes. wood. So I cut I cut all of the the covering off to allow the wood to touch the wood. I got it all measured up. I stuck it in there, glued it together, and then what does Jay do? He turns around and goes, hey, did you need this? And he holds up the elevator, not the stabilizer part, the front part, but the rear part that moves up and down, the actual elevator. And you had to put that in first.
1: Right, yeah. You put it in then you kind of wiggle it and you get them both in there and then you glue it and then you put the uh, – The hinges on, and then you put it on the hinge while it's together, you know, in front right. of the rudder. So, yeah,
0: whoops. Yeah, and I've I didn't realize that because the directions, the directions weren't totally clear. It just said, you know, put this in there and do that. And I was doing step by step, and then I didn't realize, oh yeah, this won't it now, won't slide into the hole. Most now, of them will slide again, into you the know,
1: hole. Mike and I, we built a plane. We built a couple of planes. So, <laughs> yeah, that, one or two. That, you know, <laughs> I could see a beginner making this mistake, but how could two? you know, <laughs> experienced guys make some silly mistakes like this. Uh, well, folks, you got to realize we were doing this at one or two in the morning. And as uh, with my yeah. ordering things off of eBay, um, you really shouldn't order things or work on your models <laughs> past 12 o'clock at night. Uh, yes. Yeah, you
0: know? so I can, I can second that.
1: And uh, you know, we didn't, you know, there's no clocks where we were kind of like Vegas, right? There's, there was no <laughs> clocks. There was nothing to tell us the time. We're just kind of talking and, and having a good old time. And, and before you know it, it's, we're getting – he's getting tired because he's been flying all over the country and then shows up at my place and I'm just kind of going on about doing my thing. And and uh, he was making these mistakes and – I wasn't there to catch him because I wasn't really watching what he was doing. I was making my own mistakes somewhere else. But but basically, we were we were up too late. We should have just stopped, got up in the morning, and, and it would have been fine. Because the second day, you weren't we weren't making nearly the mistakes we made no. that first night. So
0: now we already made all the mistakes that we needed to make the first night before we threw in the towel. But uh, yeah, it was um, it it was definitely kind of a a little bit of a annoyance, I think, because uh, right after I did that. I glued the rudder on only to realize that oh you're supposed to put the tail wheel into the rudder before you before you glue the on. rudder on right so I had to cut the rudder back off and reglue it all.
1: Let me tell you folks it was funny watching him cuz he's trying to figure <laughs> out a way like can I get this rod in this rudder and, or just pull this <laughs> pull this one just out enough I can stick this in and I'm like uh, know,
0: it'll never work. Yeah so. it was it was kind of troublesome. So the first thing on my list is uh is basically a very sharp knife. <laughs> uh you you wanna you wanna have some sort of a exacto knife or or one of those um what do they call the ulfa knives yeah like I have here that uh kind of you know goes in and out like that, but you wanna have something that's really super sharp because when i put those um what kind of hinges they're they're not plastic hinges but they're they're like
1: mylar hinges
0: yeah they've got like a fabric you drop c a on them and it worksops mm-hmm. and it there. wicks in so, uh, But you can cut them with a very sharp knife. Unfortunately, we didn't have one of those. We had something that had obviously been used several times to cut boxes open.
1: Yeah. So, hey, uh, so once again, <laughs> and we had no idea oh, where the understood. new blades I have, were. I have these tools. They're somewhere, but I have them. And we were just making do with like I'd have like an old, you know, exacto 10, you know, 11 blades sitting somewhere. And we're just like cutting, trying to cut things with that. I did have one of the knives that Mike's talking about, the long flat ones, but it was kind of used, and um, yeah. uh, so it was getting duller and duller as as we're getting it down. But I do recommend definitely for your toolbox, both those knives have a have a place. Uh, the Exacto knife for making nice precision cuts, but that long flexible blade is great for if you need to flatten something. You know, you have to get in a tight spot, or you can since you can bend that blade, you can get in somewhere and you can cut something flush. Or you want to follow a pattern, or or follow the uh, the contour or something? That flexible knife is, is it's beautiful and it cuts like butter. You know, if you want to get something that follow the contour or something, or to shave foam, it works so well.
0: Yeah, that's true. And you know, like you said, we we just couldn't find the blades, so we were just trying. It was yeah. two o'clock in the morning. We weren't going to go look for them, but
1: yeah. well, the good yeah. news is they're somewhere in this house.
0: <laughs> we just got to dig through some boxes. Yeah. So I may be ordering
1: more because that may become quicker than me finding them. So
0: Yeah, uh, I'll try them. probably <laughs> so. So the second thing is that once I had to cut those hinges off, now I have to figure out how to slot new hinge slots. So they do make a tool for that. It's a it's like a slot cutter for a hinge. You can use your knife for it, uh, but they actually have a, a little tool. I think Hobby Co. makes it, and you can put it on there and just, you know, rip it down and it'll cut a slot for those hinges. I had to go in there and cut, you know, the old hinge out basically. Um, so, you know, or make a new one and then uh, try to get, Maker's all made it, all sorts of stuff. Stuff. it made it for a lot more work, it made it for <laughs> more, more work for me uh, and having to, you know, try to do this without screwing everything up. It, it did get done by the way, and it looks fabulous, but they, uh, it, it just made it more work because I had a dull knife. You know, I, didn't have my Chinese English dictionary to tell me, you know, the directions and the directions weren't all that good anyway. They were kind of picturesque and had, you know, pointed things. And even the, the screws, we got kind of messed up. We tried to look at, you know, what screw went where. And, um, you know, that was a little troublesome too because we didn't have a micrometer or.
1: Right. Now I, I will definitely say the thing about the screws,
0: at least we did. We were
1: able to find a ruler. We did
0: find a ruler and it had centimeters on it. So we had to kind of guesstimate, but. You know, each one of those it had like a million screws to it. it did. Each one of those hinges had screws, and then you know there were screws that went into the body and into the um, cowling and the landing gear. Each one of those were different, um, and and the
1: instructions weren't exact. You know, they sometimes they said what screw you're supposed to use, um, but it was yeah, almost no, like a puzzle. Have, it was kind of like didn't have hardly any instructions. <laughs> well, we got at down all. to I the I end of the puzzle, pictured. you go, what pieces do I have left? Or why do I have these that are a little bit longer than these? They're the same, you know, there may be two or three millimeter difference between them, but right. it makes no sense. And then you get to the very end and you go, oh, the longer ones need to be in that piece because it's easier to put together. You could, you can interchange them, but it's a lot easier to assemble it if you use the longer ones over here and the shorter ones should go here. But it, like I said, it wasn't until we almost got the model done that we just, we were able to figure that right. out.
0: right? Well, and a micrometer or, you know, a little bitty ruler that has millimeters on it, that does help out, and you keep that in your toolbox, and it it comes in handy. So anyway, I got this thing, uh, you know, finally started getting it assembled correctly and and got my hinges all right and glued all the pieces back together, and it started looking really good. Uh, And then we started putting the servos in. And the problem that we ran into is that most models, especially balsa wood models that are pre-built, They have a string that goes from where the, oh gosh, yeah, where the servos are and it goes through the wood and then comes out the wing root so that you have some way to pull the wires through. We did not have that. Nope. The string wasn't there. So Jay has, you know, this incredible brain and figured out this really cool tool. And you made the tool, though, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I made it. So it's really easy to put together. So uh, because this isn't the first model I put together that's where they didn't have a string for you to pull the uh, wiring, your servo wiring through or anything, I had gotten um, some push rods. And one of them uh, that I had was fiberglass. And it was rather thin and uh, very flexible. And the great thing about that was I took – I was able to uh, take it. And then t- I took a, uh, a twist tie, stripped off, you know, the paper that's on the little twist tie, put some CA on it, wrap, you know, wrapped around the uh, fiberglass, put some CA on it so it just, you know, locked it in. And it was great because now I can put the wire or whatever I need around that, wrap the twist tie around it, and then I can pull it through things. So first I fish the, uh, I'm able to fish the push rod, the fiberglass push rod through through the openings and take your time, do a little bit of jiggling. And you can get it through there. Uh, it works very well, and I was able to, to to get it in and out and and pull the thing pull the things through. Now, if uh, that doesn't work, folks, and you don't have you know don't have to have a push rod that's really really flexible like this, you can take a string, you can tape a weight to it or glue a weight to it. Put it in put it in the part that you need. Grab your vacuum cleaner, put it on you know the sucking option, stick <laughs> it on the other end, and it'll suck the string right through. Now make sure you have it tied off to something so it doesn't just get sucked off into the vacuum cleaner, but that works as well. And then you don't have to worry about it getting hung up somewhere. It actually gets sucked right, right in there. That works rather well.
0: Yeah, I've I've actually done that once before, and I did what you did. I didn't have it attached to something on the other end and just pulled it right through into the vacuum cleaner. Then I had to go get more string. Right. But that's a, a good one. I, I've done that, and I've done actually where I um I put an extension Know, like an 18 inch extension on there, right? And then, uh, and then I basically just fed. it. I turned it up to where gravity would feed it through. That works sometimes if the wing is a bigger wing. Like I've had, I have a couple that have actually wing ribs that are hollow. They're mm-hmm. not solid, right? And so it it kind of just fell through all of them. You know, kind of like a ring. You know, now, ring toss hey Mike. Like so things, when you
1: right? when you put extensions like that together. So how do you secure – how do you like to secure your, your extension so they don't pull apart? Because Murphy's Law says that you're going to put it in there, you're going to tug on it, and it's going to pull apart, and you got to do this all over again after you screwed everything down.
0: So, right, and when, when and I have had that before, and I've actually had one come loose in flight ah, uh, long, a long that. time ago. But I, there's two ways that I do it. I, I've kind of changed my way now just because it's an easy uh, in and out, but before – whenever I was flying the foamies and that kind of thing, and I had extensions, I would actually take blenderm tape and wrap the blenderm tape around the connection. Okay. Then I would take a, one of those twist ties that you're talking about. And I would, I would send it through, you know, the three wires on the one side, I would put it through one of those wires and then come around to the other wires. And I would twist it to where now it's got a blenderm tape and then it's got a wire. Oh, okay. However, I, I will tell you that, It's a great idea until that thing is flopping around doing 3D maneuvers and that little metal piece is starting to poke holes in all your monocoat. It doesn't look (laughs) as good. (laughs) Don't ask me how I know this. (laughs) Uh, The other thing, too, is that it it does, you know, it'll do some damage to the balsa wood in there, too, if it's flopping around, Um, you know, because now it's got this wire and the wire scrapes stuff and it pokes holes in the monocoat and it pokes holes in the balsa wood, too. So... What I did is, you know, nowadays they actually have those plastic clips that you can right. just slide that's, on. That's and
1: rather, it's rather nice.
0: Yeah, and and they come in a package of ten or whatever for like two dollars. And before, I don't know why I was so resistant before, but I'm, you know, I just didn't want to spend the money. But now I'm to the point where if the airplane's large enough, and my airplanes are more expensive now, I don't ever want that coming apart, and the plastic will actually not punch holes in your monocoat. You know, when you're out flying, so. Hmm. That's what I do now. I still uh, occasionally, depending on the airplane, I still wrap, um, you know, the blender around it, but the blender has always been really good for me. Yeah. yeah I, I never, had, always, I never had anything come off.
1: I myself, I've, I've just, uh, I liked to use a uh, heat shrink. So, uh, I want to say it's like maybe 15 or 20 centimeter heat shrink, uh, um, right. millimeter, not centimeter. <laughs> and, um, I would just get that and the, uh, I put the, Put the two pieces together. I cut a piece that was enough to go over both ends uh, where the wire comes out. Heat shrink them together. And uh, once you do that, it it keeps them locked so that they can't come apart. Now, the the bad part about that was if you had to do any kind of maintenance or get in there, that means that um, you had to cut them apart. Once you cut them apart, means you have to go and get another piece, put it back together, heat shrink them back down. But the good part, I've never had one of those fail. That, that's the good thing about them. So,
0: no, That's a good idea. I never thought about that. I'm going to have to try that one. Right. Especially if it's a tight, um, you know, something that needs a little bit of a slipperiness. Because I will tell you that the plastic clips and the wire with the blender, uh, they do stick out. So they, they have a tendency to catch on things where right. the, you know, that, that method may not. It might be just slippery enough to go right through to, you know, the other end. Now that you've done all that, and I know you're cutting it off and and something has happened i have had this happen where I'm pulling the blender off, and I've got one on the other, and I didn't pull the blender totally off, and I went to go disconnect them and guess what Boom, what out come the wires <laughs> <laughs> worked too well <laughs> yeah it did it it held it together, and as a result, you know the wires I'm holding probably two out of the three, so now I got one that's in there and the other two and maybe because I've been tugging on them and they just got loose. But, you know, those wires are really super thin. There's only about four or five braids, uh, you know, the wire inside your servo wires. They're not really high energy wires or, you know, high, high voltage wires. Right. So now now we're looking at having to repair a servo lead. Oof. And I know that I have a set already but I know you were all excited, and we had a mishap there at your place with uh, some, some servos. Right on it, your Bixler, uh, had some servos yeah.
1: bust loose, and um, it's a tight fit, and you'd have to do some surgery. And uh, it was just easier to get a crimping tool, and that's what I right. ended up getting. And uh, and,
0: I, and they worked I right only got around to
1: getting one, but uh, it's going to be really nice because now I can just put on new ends. Um, I can make my own servo leads to any length that I want, which will be fantastic. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it and it it really wasn't that expensive. I I kind of did just a, a little bit of research and I we'll probably put it in the show notes, but um I I did some did some research, you know, that crimping tool cost maybe anywhere from 12 to 20 bucks depending on what you get. Um but I got a really nice nice one, uh believe it or not from Walmart of all places. Got to my house in 2 days. Um I think it cost me a whopping $15 and everybody was happy about it. So um, i i haven't played with it too much but I, i'm i'm really looking forward to you know finally finally get you know adding that to my addition
0: yeah it makes it really um really convenient to be able to make the servo lead to the exact length you need right because i i have several airplanes where i have you know i'm digging through my box and the only thing i have is an 18 inch you know <laughs> servo lead <laughs> totally. and it's gonna get, and it's and all i need gotta is gotta four go, inches right? yeah <laughs> i only need four inches so i have to wad this thing up and stuff it somewhere and uh, you know, the glider was one of those where I had way more extension than what I needed. So, uh, it does make it nice. I have a set as well. They're ratcheting crimpers. Um, and then you can get the actual servo, not Wire. the wires, but the connectors, you can oh, buy yeah. the servo connectors. Uh, usually if you look around online, you can get them in a bundle, you know, like I, I bought a whole bag full of them and then, uh, and then they gave me the the three pins as well. So. It makes it very convenient. It works really quickly, and you just strip the wire, stick them in there, crimp it, shove the thing on there, and you're good to go.
1: You know, you know another tool. You just got me thinking here that you know, because like this crimper, I probably should have bought it years ago. Yeah. But so one of the one of the things that I bought that I'm really glad that I got early on uh, is a pair of Z-bend pliers for making the Z-bends for for the push rods. And sure, you could do it with a pair of pliers or whatever other funky things you have at the house, but I tell you what, the Z Bend pliers are a must. It just makes your life so much easier by having these things. And once again, you know, it's only uh, I don't know fifteen bucks, ten bucks for this thing, but you will use it for a whole bunch of things, and it's just really nice to have.
0: That's one of the first purchases I actually made was a Z Bend. I, I think it was you're right. a smart
1: man. <laughs>
0: I know right yeah I, I um, when, when we started flying the blue core foamy stuff and we were just using um, you know just the piano wire and I would just or coat hangers. hangers yeah or coat hangers or whatever I could just grab whatever wire crunch it you know crimp it with that Z band and just shove it right into the servo horn and I was good to go and it was convenient because I could make it as long or as small as I needed it and the hard part is making it uh, 90 degrees to each other you got to make sure that it's going the right direction so that at least you
1: definitely have to give some think. You have to think about that. Yeah. If you're doing that kind of yeah, stuff. Cause
0: I had one that was 90 degrees to the other and that made it a little difficult instead of being on the, uh, you know, both of them up and down. I had one up and down and one side to side, so it didn't <laughs> quite fit. And I'm like, how did this work? You know, how did I get this to figure out it wouldn't fit in the servo. And I realized that I had, you know, grabbed the wire, turned it and crimped it and it, it crimped the wrong way. So, Grab a, a coat hanger, snip off the two ends with your, you know, your pair of pliers, and then just practice, you know, bending the Z-bends all the way through it. You'll get the hang of it. But they're very, very convenient for, um, you know, for making just direct connections. If you're not going to use a keeper that has the, you know, it goes into the, the, where the hole, where you know, where you can adjust it.
1: Oh, well, yeah, you know, I recommend those too for, for yeah, connectors and keepers, stuff. Those are nice. Yeah, but you, still, I usually Z-bend the end that's, you know, going to the moving part and then I'll use the keeper on the servo end, and that way I can move the push rod, you know, to whatever length I need. Right. It works out pretty, pretty well that way.
0: Yeah. And while you're talking about that, there's, there's different size piano wire that you can buy, obviously for, for the type of flying that you do. And not all of them are the same size as your servo horn holes. Nope. As a matter of fact, there's several times when I'm like, eh, hey, it's not fitting. So at first I was taking them lighter and heating up the wire and just shoving it through because it's plastic and it'll melt, right? So I'd hold the wire with a pair of pliers, heat it up till it was red hot and shh, right through the, the hole. But I realized that because of the heat, it would make the hole bigger uh, than the wire now. And so I had a lot of slop in between the wire and the hole. So there's a neat tool that you need to grab if you don't already have them, but they're called a pen vise, a pen drill, pen, pen drill, drill pin vice, pen drill. Yes. Yeah. And what it is, is it's a little handheld drill bit basically. And it's very precise. You can buy them. Uh, Jay has a kit and it has what five or six of them in there. Yes. It has five. So you basically, it's got a big knob on the top part of it. And then it's got this drill bit on the bottom and you can, you know, put it, where you need it and then just turn it a couple of times. It's very super sharp. It'll bite into that plastic and it will actually create a hole. That's exactly the size of your wire. Now, when I got mine, that's what I was using it for. But when we were building the Suka, it worked for many things. I I watched Jay use it for uh, putting holes in where the servo, um, screws go into. And, uh, you know, it helps drill a partial hole when you have a block for the servos to, you know, like when you're going to drill down into the wood.
1: That's right, because um, wood, wood will split if you uh, yeah, it does pre, split. Or pre-drill a hole. It will split on you.
0: So it was really kind of cool. I watched him do it, but he would drill. First of all, he has these blocks that go, the servos sit on these blocks. And you, you glue the block to this cover, and then the cover goes into the wing. So – the servo is not actually in the wing; it's actually sitting on the cover that's mounted to the wing. So there's these two blocks that go right up underneath the servo that hold it into place, and you have to CA or epoxy those on. And then you mark the top where the two, the four screws in the servo go. And these are standard size servos, so they're they're rather large, and they have a pretty good um, what, like eight millimeter screw or something that goes into it. So he used the pin vise, the smaller size pin vise and started the hole and then took CA glue and put it into the hole to harden the the wood. And then when he screwed the screw down in there, it had something to bite against that. It was hardwood. It had CA in there, uh, that strengthened it and it didn't split. And I didn't do that on one of my builds and actually had to wind up replacing those blocks because they split right in half, um, you know, because I just, I just screwed the screw. It's a self-tapping screw, right? You just think, oh, I'll just screw this down in there, and it'll go right into the block. It's some more power. <laughs> yeah. So now my problem is is that I've got this little cover. It was on the Pitts S12. I have the little cover, and half of the little block is still glued to the cover. So I've got to get all that off, and it's epoxied on there. So I'm stripping that, you know, and chipping it away, and i got my Dremel tool trying to get all the gunk off of it before I can put another one on there and get it to sit flat. So, uh, live by our mistakes folks and, you know, get yourself some, uh, some pen uh, drills and then, uh, you know, make life easy on yourself. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it made it, it made it easy on the, on the Stuka as well as we were building it. Cause it, you know, Jay just drilled down a couple of those and put the screws in and it made quick work of it and, and, and actually a really nice install. Uh, everything was all lined up and, you know, everything fit perfect. So it, it looked really, really good uh, once he got done with the the servo covers. But after he got all that stuff done, I was up front working on the nose portion of it. And he, we were missing another tool that was probably very important to have in your toolbox. What could that possibly be, Mike? <sighs> I have one. And I know you do too, but it was lost in a box somewhere. But you definitely, folks, need a prop reamer. You got to have a prop reamer. The APC prop that came with the kit is very hard plastic. And getting it to fit on the on the actual prop stem was not an easy task without a prop reamer. It took me a long time to figure out finally how to get it on there. A lot of uh, sandpaper... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and, and I gotta
1: realize folks, before we got that to the point where Mike was doing that, I think it was the day before the the evening before, I, I was already, you know, first going in with the drill bit, making sure it wasn't too too much, too little. Right. Got it reamed, did a little bit more. I got it to the part where you could get it just barely on on the in, on the motor, but the but the uh the screw pattern for it was just larger just by bit and I'm like, Oh, I, I can't, I can't, I can't use any, none of my other screw uh, drill bits work or they're just a little bit too large. And I don't want to go too large. You know, you can't get that material back. And I was at a standstill, you know, And once again, I I think it was late and I wasn't thinking. And, you know, so one of those things, I turned him like, oh, we're stuck. I can't find my, I can't find my rumor. you know, we're doomed. And he's like, uh, just give me some sandpaper. It was kind of like one of those weird things, you know, give me a tube of glue, some sandpaper and, you know, some, some Yankee ingenuity fella, you know, snap two, you know, and I'm like, huh? Oh, Okay. And, you know, I got him the stuff that he needed and he's like, whittle, 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 little sandpaper. There it is. It's on there, fella. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs)
0: Like, (laughs) I just,
1: I couldn't figure my way out of that one. So that
0: was pretty impressive. Like that was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, it was just, it just wouldn't fit. It would, it would start to spin onto that first little screw and then it would just fall off. And you got to be careful folks, because if you start to screw it on there and it, and it bites into that plastic and starts putting a screw grooves Taste, into yeah. your prop it could go on crooked yep. and then now now it's going to be wobbly now or it'll get all the way to the edge which doesn't have screw patterns on it and then it won't go on there because it's you know it's kind of bit into that plastic so what i did is i basically took some uh eh, what was that 150 200 grit it wasn't it wasn't a high grid it was yeah it was like 150 grit. so i was like 80 to 150 and i rolled it up into a little tube i think i had a um a screwdriver And I rolled it onto the screwdriver to where it was just big enough to fit in the hole. And then I just rotated the screwdriver around and it would take, you know, it would take some of that off to where it would get loose and would stop sanding. I'd pull it out, wrap another piece around it, start sanding it as it went in there. It took me about eh, about 10 minutes, I think, but I, I just sanded out enough of it to where it would slide right on. And it was perfect. It just, it just fit perfectly. So I got the prop all sanded up, ready to put on, got the um, the cowling all measured up. And in case you don't know how to put a cowling on or, or you, you haven't done one before, there's little tabs uh, on the side of the fuselage that that line up with where the screws go. And the best way to do that is to take some blue painter's tape and tape from the fuselage, somewhere in the middle of the fuselage, you know, somewhere like towards the front of the fuselage, over that tab, take your little pin drill and drill a hole in the blue painter's tape and start a hole in the in the little tab. Do that on all four tabs. Pull the, you know, just kind of once you do it, the, the tape kind of hangs off. And then you slide the, the cowling on and then bring the tape back in place. So now when the cowling's all lined up, the tape is holding the cowling in place. And now you have marks for where you need to drill the holes uh, in your cowling. So I had measured all of that, got it all set up. It looked really good. I drilled all my holes and got it all set up to where it looked really fabulous. Went to go put the prop on. And what am I doing now? I'm looking around for that. Another tool that we needed to put in the box, a prop wrench. Yes. And folks, I have the greatest prop wrench in the world. I left it at Jay's for a while. He used it, but it's basically a Robart uh, tool. It pretty much fits almost every nut out there, both American size or millimeters, you know, metric size. And they're just these little cutout holes and you just take it. It's a really flat, flat wrench and you can just put it on there and you can, you know, spin it around. Now the, the reason that I say to get a proper wrench is because this, this, When you just have an airplane and your prop is exposed, it's no big deal. Grab a pair of pliers, put the nut on, or grab a wrench and put the nut on. It's no big deal. But when you have a spinner that now has to be lined up with these holes, you've got to get your prop on. You've got to be able to hold the prop in the right position, get the nut screwed on so that your spinner will now match up with the holes on the other side and your spinner can go on. If, if you don't have a way to hold the motor and the prop wrench, it, it's troublesome. So, Jay didn't have a proper wrench, or it, it was in a box somewhere. <laughs> so, I so, was, you,
1: so you, let's just say it took you a little bit of time.
0: I hey, w- you, were, hey
1: was, we, you weren't going anywhere anyway. It wasn't like we had a you know a date, or we had to meet the wives or something. So, you know,
0: no, I, no, I didn't. It, have it any gave us lots of
1: time, anything. a lot of bonding time to sit there and curse at each other. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's true.
1: <laughs> you know, where's your prop wrench? I, in a box somewhere. You know. Help yourself. <laughs> start looking through boxes.
0: Well, I I wound up actually luckily Jay had a pair of uh, needle nose pliers that had a bend, so I don't know what you call those, but they're uh, they're kind of a bend. You know, it goes out and then makes like a ninety degree bend. So I was able to actually get inside the cowling and hold the motor, and then I used just a pair of regular pliers and tried to I held the prop and he cinched it down. And then by the time, you know, we got the prop lined up and everything fit perfectly, it was it was good to go. But a prop wrench is definitely one of those tools that if you don't have it in your bag, go get one. Robart, uh, I think we talked about it in our Christmas episode, but this just came back to just kind of bite us because I really would have liked to have one. It would have made my life much easier.
1: Yep. Well, definitely it's a, a, a nice Christmas stuffer for like we were talking before, you know, from the Christmas episode. That's definitely something to throw in your little, you know easy to get something for the wife. You can leave that picture of it out somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, so there's another thing because while I was doing all this, um, obviously you have to get your electronics, uh, wired up and the, uh, ESC is one of the main things with the motor. And, uh, Jay was working on that. Um, one of the things that once again, we both have these, but it wasn't out and made our life miserable, uh, is a, a soldering jig. And we have some really very super nice soldering jigs. The, you put the, you know, the the ends down in there, and it holds them, and you can clamp them. And we got a third hand. Uh, Jay was doing it all with a pair of pliers and a you know screwdriver. But uh, <laughs> not, not, I'm not knocking his his soldering skills because they were fabulous. He does a really good job soldering. Matter of fact, I I'd, I'd much rather him solder than me because I'm not as good at it. But the jig de- definitely makes your life better because you can actually. It's like having three sets of hands. You know, you can put the end in, and you can have something holding the wire, and then you can concentrate on the soldering pencil and the and the solder, and you can kind of get everything where you need it. Where you know, Jay's doing it on the table and having to hold his eye right and his mouth right, and you know, left and right on the on his fingers. Yeah, and it, everything it, to kind of measure up. You no, know, folks, you
1: had to see where where we were working. You know, what we didn't exactly <laughs> yeah. have enough light. So the nice part was the the way the floor was. Uh, you you know you didn't lose things if you dropped it on the floor per se, but because of the way the light was so poor, or it was also a, it's a hardwood floor that's out there, and so you drop thing. We we had these little washers, and you wouldn't think you think you drop a washer is going to land right there, but these little things would land right up perfectly on their edge, and they would roll like oh, yeah, ten feet, forever. fifteen feet. And, and I'm we, like, we I just dro- dropped. my foot, so like, it should be sitting right next to my foot. And he's like, Yeah, there's nothing down there. And, you know, I we'd get up and go get something to drink. And we're like, hey, but what, what are the washers doing almost out of the room? It was amazing.
0: <laughs> now, Thank goodness for the uh, light on the back of my iPhone 7, though, because that, that was a saving grace. I could shine <laughs> it across the floor and it would reflect all those little That's lights. true. And we're talking microscopic, you know, nuts and bolts and washers and stuff. They're not big ones. They were really, really tiny. Because they went to all the hinges uh, for the ailerons and the flaps. So, right. um Anyway, they they made it, uh, they made it halfway across the floor occasionally. And we had to go chase them. So another thing that, uh, speaking of flaps and hinges and that kind of thing, is another thing that you should probably uh, put in your toolbox that'll make your life a whole lot easier. Uh, is is one of those clear. Uh, I call them a pipper. Oh it's, yeah, it, yeah. It's basically a long tube, and you can stick it in thin ca, and and you squeeze it. It's like got a bulb <laughs> on the end of it. And you, you know, you suck up all the CA and Jay's laughing at me.
1: Well, for I'm laughing at you because you seem to have an affinity for uh, CA, a for yes. closing wounds that you have, you know, at <laughs> a, a moment, oops, slice myself open. Give me some of that, <laughs> that CA slapping on the wound. I'm good to go, Mr. Moan. Um, yes. But yeah, that night or that particular evening, um, you know, I know we're getting, we're getting a little older and our eyes just aren't as good, but it was kind of funny. I. You know, Mike's trying to put a drop, like just a teeny tiny drop, and drop just drop a drop of ca on something. And then next thing I know, he's like, oh, uh, You know, I, I hear this noise. Uh, 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 are you kidding me? And you know, and he'd be holding up his arm, and like the ca would be running down, down his down his forearm. You know, as he was trying to apply that drop with, you know, well, oh, that was thin ca, and it just all was dribbling out and going down his arm. So right. uh, Mike was close to, you know, gluing his arm you know, CA on the back of the plane. So I was like, I was like, Mike, get the Pipper, (laughs) suck it out of the jar and just put, just put a drop or two. I don't think you need half
0: a bottle. (laughs) Okay. So the hard part, the hard part was, is that he has a big bottle of CA. I mean, this thing is probably what three ounce, four or five ounces maybe. And I mean, it's almost the same size as the, as the epoxy to be honest with you. So anyway, I'm, I'm using this stuff and, and Jay's right. The, we should have put like a shop light or something in there. Cause it was really dim and dark and it's early in the morning and we're trying to you know, keep quiet cause everybody's sleeping. But I, I literally, the tip of this thing, it hardens very quickly. And so I'm like trying to see if there's a drop coming out, but it's actually coming down out of, out of the little dripper part and then down the bottle, down my hand, down my elbow and my elbows on the table. So I, I literally am gluing myself without knowing it cause it's too dark in there. I'm gluing myself to the table and I'm like, why, why is it that I can't get this drop to come out? So I squeeze a little harder and then it all just kind of gushes out because that little tip now comes loose and I get more CA than I need. And now it's running down the airplane. And so as I go to catch it and wipe it off the airplane, I can't lift my elbow off the table because I've obviously CA'd my elbow back to the table. And yeah. I know we did a whole glue episode on me seeing myself to everything And so I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And Jay's like, "What's the matter?" I go, "My elbow is glued to the table." And so he's like, "Here," he picks the the wing of the airplane up, and my thumb is now glued to the side of the airplane. So I have one wing in this hand, you know, my left hand, and it's glued to the my thumb, and then my elbow is glued to the table. It was a fiasco. It. it, I finally. He's like, "All right, we just need to stop because you're getting glue all over the airplane. (laughs) That's right, all over yourself, all over my mom's couch. We got to stop." So. I think we called it a night after that. Once yeah. I glued myself to a couple of items.
1: <laughs> That's right. Let so, folks, uh, as a little note, remember if if you can see your veins in your forearm popping out because you're squeezing the tube of CA, uh, <laughs> you might you might want to stop because
0: uh, no good can come no good can come of that. So and you know. and get a light and get a better light. Yes, or magnifying glass or something. But better yet, just get the little pippers because they work amazing. They they can get into little bitty places. You can take that pen vise or the pin uh, drill, and you can make a little hole and drop it in there, and it'll it'll you know soak your hinges. Um, if you need to, you know, get into a real tight space, it'll do that too. And it just puts a little bitty drop on there. And the good news is, if if the end if the tip actually hardens, you just take your knife and cut it. And yeah, you just cut it off because you know, they give you what I,
1: I want to say, like a five millimeter, ten millimeter.
0: Yeah, it's a little tail that sticks yeah. out of. You so know, as hard it's hard to just keep
1: cutting it off and
0: keep yeah, going. Well. So. and then when you get done, you can just squirt it all back into the bottle, and you're good to go. So yep. it, it does make my it made my life much better the next day whenever I was able to use that because he actually went and got it and said, <laughs> "Oh, here day. use this." I'm like as we we're hey. trying to explain to uh,
1: my mother why her tables all you know her antique tables all glued.
0: glued I know. Down. right? Hey, we fixed your exactly. table. <laughs> <laughs> what was wrong with it? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Well uh on top of that the only other thing i can think of right off the top of my head is a file. Uh it's you know files are great you don't really think about it but you can you can have several different types. You can actually have the wooden i mean the uh, the metal file that you would normally use well, How, like, how big, big of shop. a file? Um not a little one. I I use um, my wife has those uh, emery boards. Oh. And i just okay. i just grab one or two of those and it makes it really good for deburring, you know, some of the corners or uh, like if you had a hinge that doesn't fit quite right, you can just run it across the hinge and it'll take a little bit of that balsa wood off. and It doesn't really gouge it a whole lot. Um, you can use it for the the cowling. You know, sometimes like on your cowling, when I put the screws through, the screw actually punches through and then it leaves that that fiberglass extended on the right other a side. little burr on the other side. Right, and so you can take that little file and you can just file the burr off, and then that way it fits a little bit better, and you can find that hole. Um, because with the burr in there, it's it's very difficult when you slide the ca- the cowling on to line those holes up. But if it's missing, you can actually slide the cowl and it'll, it'll fit flat. You can see the hole behind the one in the cowling, so you can match them up. But it, it does a lot of stuff. It, it would have helped out, uh, you know, your file. You can do it uh, inside the prop, or if you have a, uh, like on your ACP prop that we put on there, it had a real, like, sharp edge on it. You can just take that file and go right down the edge of that and kind of take some of that, you know, raw edge off where it's, where it's a little more smooth. It doesn't really hurt anything. You're going to balance the prop anyway. Uh, but it does make for, um, you know, a little bit smoother prop and doesn't have that extra material that when right. they cut it, you know, you can get it off of there. Um, same thing with some of the, you know, I know you were using um, a knife and some other stuff to make sure that the um, servos would fit in the holes and you had to cut away some of that balsa wood. I did. And you you can do, you can do the same thing. You cut it away with a knife. It's not quite as round as what you want it to be. You grab some sandpaper and just sand it out. But a file would have been just as easy, almost as fast. So that, you know, for my book, I have a couple of those. Um, They go right in there with my popsicle sticks for mixing, um, you know, glues and epoxies. The popsicle sticks make great addition to your toolbox as well. Um, You know, just grab a bag of them from Michael's or wherever. and, And they're great for, Sometimes you can use them to uh, strengthen, um, you know, your balsa wood airplane. I've had one where I found a stringer that was, or or a rib that was cracked. I just put some CA on there, took my uh, forceps, sh- shoved it in there and glued it right to the, uh, to the balsa wood and made it a, you know, kind of a joiner. Yeah. I like to the use kind of them
1: great. for uh, foam planes. Like if you break them in half or like you said, you, mm-hmm. bend, you bend up a wing and I'll just, you know, gouge, you know, I'll break those things off or cut them in half or something and make a slot, stick them in or or cut a slot and slot them in and just go over it with uh, with some lightweight spackle or something, or just stick them into the wing and glue it together. and holds it in really nice.
0: Yeah. Well, the good news is we got the Stuka all put together. Uh, we actually ran it up, but unfortunately I ran out of time and had to get back home and go to work. So uh, we didn't get the maiden it. Yeah,
1: we didn't. And, and unfortunately it's only been, Oh, eight thousand degrees outside! So <laughs> yeah. I haven't had a real inkling to fly it, so because I don't want to die outside. So right. it's gonna have to just wait until winter comes or something here. I, I don't know. In Texas. Well, how that works. I'll,
0: uh, I actually took a picture of the um, of the Stutka there in, uh at your place, along with the P fifty one, and I'll post it as the uh, oh. as the cover art for this. Cool. So, so everybody can kind of see what it looks like next to the P fifty one. It would have been really cool. I didn't bring my radio this time, but it would have been really cool to basically go out there and fly the P51 and the Stutka together. That would have been kind of nice cuz they're both about the same size. Sounds
1: like one of our brilliant ideas are brilliant know, right. right there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely it's definitely going to make uh, make me want to come down there again and and uh, and check it out cuz it was a a really good um, field and it was in a great location. Uh, once again, Mr. Wynn has done a great job, you know, letting you guys use that property, and and Jim and his crew has, have done a good job. And then you and I got to do a little bit of, uh, I guess you did most of it, but I supervised you uh, doing a little uh, cleanup work with the with the benches and stuff. So
1: right, right. Yeah. So just doing a, a little maintenance out there. Since since I didn't get to help the guys uh, mow the field, there's like uh, some benches and um, and things that are out there. So I decided to uh, they're they're metal. So I decided to go over them with a wire brush, and uh, and I'm going to grab some spray paint and re, repaint them, and and do some stuff to kind of spruce those things up and, and get them out there for the fellas so everybody can use them. So just doing my part, to help out the field. Like I said, I, I got a, a windsock for out there so so we could use. So it's it's getting it's going to be really nice once that field we you know we bring back back to life again. It's going to be nice.
0: Yeah, it's going to be uh, fantastic. I'll have to come out there uh, on a weekend where um, you know I can meet all the guys. So Absolutely. while, while we were down there, uh, I got to fly the glider, the, you did. um, Radian XL and, uh, we, we kind of messed around with that a little bit and, uh, got the CG just right. And, and then, uh, chased some buzzards around. And that was you really did. fun. We finally figured out the, a good, uh, we actually put the, the ASX three, um, module that you had in there. Uh, we finally got to work.
1: Yeah. So I was real nice. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, and you also tried to take my tough wing into space or something.
0: Yeah. I did. Yeah. The tough wing, um, that was, I was out flying the tough wing and Jay was messing around with something else. And I, uh, I started climbing that thing and I was chasing these buzzards that just got into thermals and just went way up. I mean, you could barely see them. And I kept climbing, climbing, climbing. And it kept, you know, I was chasing these things basically, was what I was doing. And I shouldn't have been, but. They got me a little too far out and a little too high up. And, uh, and yeah, and we lost a uh, signal, which was very interesting because luckily for me, I wasn't doing anything stupid, <laughs> like, <laughs> like headed to the ground or f- tumbling it or anything like that. I just was cruising along with these buzzards in a big circle and, uh, I went to, um, to go a different direction and it didn't go. So it just kept, Flying wings level. Luckily, I don't know why I thought this was going to help, but I obviously was out of range for whatever that receiver was that we had in there. And I yelled over at Jay, "Hey, I lost! I lost the the signal!" And I started running, uh, like I was going to catch this thing or, or run towards it. I and he's like, "Where are you going?" Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, it was, it was hilarious, folks.
0: It it was kind of funny, but I, I don't know why my brain thought if I ran to to be closer to it, because I knew it was going away from me. The further it got away from me, the more chance I had of not getting it back. Right. And it was going to cross the river or whatever, and it was going to go way out of the flying area. And so Jay's like, what can I do? <laughs> so both of us kind of took off running, but it, it came back uh, a little bit, and I got it kind of headed back towards me before I lost the signal again. And luckily it was just kind of cruising down and, um, you know, it's a little bit heavier. The motor had shut off and it was just kind of coming to the ground. And right before we had any drastic things happen, I got it back and it finally just landed in a field. I I brought it down and just set it down in the field. Yeah. uh, well, Unfortunately.
1: Yeah. I was going to say the the funny part is you're over there, you know, yanking on the sticks and moving them all around and, and of course it came back to life just as you're doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right. oh, come on, please. What the And the motor just comes on and and of course Mike's going in all directions with the sticks and it's just like, you know, <laughs> spin the dial. Okay, there it is. Go that direction. Yeah, and that's right. exactly what it 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 was just kind of gently coming down and then it just was like a, a bag of a cats. It was it just was kind of crazy. <laughs> and Mike was able to, to recover bag, yeah. that bag of cats and at least yeah. set it down gently in the field. No, so, well,
0: it wasn't too gently. It still hit on the nose, but it. I it did, get but it to I mean, you got kind
1: of you, you you It didn't come. You, we, so another one of our uh, tough wings came down yeah. nose first from you know just a hundred feet, and it it was rather dramatic. And this one, at least, you got semi wings level. So I mean, it hit hard, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, at least it was a controlled crash or mishap. Yeah, but no my mine came,
0: my tough wing came down at over hundred miles an hour straight down yeah. vertical. It hit the ground so hard that the battery ejected like 20 feet from the crash site and it, it made all of the carbon fiber rods inside the tough wing turn to dust, powder. literally <laughs> dust. It was amazing, but fixing it was amazing. Cause I, all I did was pour glue down in there and it, and hardened up. So it, it's, it's still <laughs> just dust is the dust kind of came back right together in the glue. It worked out really well. So, but anyway, uh, and then lastly, we got to fly your riffraff. Don't want to spend too much time on that. Yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh,
1: it's a model from hobby King. Uh, I got it in one of their specials, you know, I paid $50 for it delivered or something to my house. So, I mean, I got a great deal on it and you had his, his cousin or, or his twin brother. Right. Um, you had the sea fury and I think that was a Christmas gift that I got you one time and it was, it was a really nice model. Uh, you know, bomb drops, you know, the, the bombs could come off and, uh, you know, full lights, full flaps, you know, it was retractable gear, uh, great detail. Uh, it was a great looking model. Um, the Riff Raft is supposed to be a faster version, a racing version of it. Uh, you know, no bombs, no anything kind of a cool paint job on it. Um, we got that sucker together and, uh, went to go fly, was flying. Now, first of all, I something with the gears kind of off, you know, meaning the angle of the gear, it doesn't. You have to be really, really on the sticks to take this thing off, and I just couldn't get it. And there's a little bit of a trick to it in order to, because the tail comes off the ground immediately, and it just wants yeah. to go over on its nose. And so you have to be, you have to be really on the sticks to keep it in that happy medium, I guess. So uh, I just, we tried several times. I just couldn't get it, and then finally we just sucked up the gear, I, you know, full coals, and Mike just hand hand launched it for me. And we kind of got it trimmed out. I was flying it in, was doing a couple approaches, you know, dropped the flaps, uh, was coming in, uh, was still kind of high. Uh, I came in again. And when I kind of went around again, I think I got the plane too slow. And, you know, I got it into a stall. And at that time, it was just the treetop level, got behind a tree, couldn't see it. You know, I cracked it in half. So,
0: Well, it's amazing, though, because it uh, it split the nose. Yeah, but it, it really didn't mess up the wings or the tail no, section. No, no, it's it's repairable. It's it's
1: I can make a franken a franken raft. It, it it'll look franken- a franken <laughs> riff. I can get it back to where we could, it'll be flyable again. But uh, <laughs> it it just was disappointing. You know, first model. You know, and then you know I, I you crash it like that. So that was a little disappointing. But there's obvious yeah. that there's there that model wasn't very well fought through, and there are some problems with it. Uh, as I've been reading in the, the blogs, other people's blogs and stuff. So we're not the both Mike and I, you know, since we both lost this model, um, there's obviously something, there's some things that are wrong with it. And, uh, you know, um, it's, it's unfortunate cause it was a really nice model. Um, but you know, unfortunately Avios or whatever is now out of business. <laughs> so it's obvious that, uh, yeah, you know, it
0: did, they didn't, they didn't They made a hundred thousand of those things, took their money and ran.
1: Yeah. They were gone so on the other hand um for me, it was only fifty bucks, so it wasn't that bad and even if I can't get the plane together, I still have all the parts, servos and whatever, and that you know like I pretty much get all my money back but um, like I said, it was just a little bit disappointing but she'll she'll fly again we'll see what happens,
0: and then lastly, we flew the uh the eagle
1: oh, that's right, you got a chance to fly my e p p eagle um oh.
0: like and, I said uh,
1: um it it looks good in the air when it's flying, you know, it's kind of cool. But as for the, how I imagined it would be as a glider, eh, it's got a lot to be desired. You know, I had to do so many modifications to it, you know.
0: So now that I've flown it, I'm going to, because we talked about this uh, airplane in a previous podcast. And I will tell you now that I'm going to second your opinion that I don't think this is a very good beginner airplane. No. The, the airplane does take a little bit of skill to fly it. And having said that, I did a couple of loops and rolls with it, much to Jay's, you know, laughter over there watching me do this. Yeah. But, that was uh, it. <laughs> but they did work out. Uh we were able to get it up. It doesn't glide quite like a glider. Um and it doesn't really climb like I feel it should. So maybe that's a battery motor combo we can talk about yeah, later. It, yeah, it yeah but it does have it does have some idiosyncrasies to it. Um uh, who knows, you know, you laminated that whole airplane and maybe that put enough weight into it. I didn't really feel like it's that heavy, but maybe that changed something in it. I don't yeah. know. I doubt it because I mean but. I use
1: a, I I use like one of the lightest laminates. It's like yeah. 1.7 mils, millim- so it I just it's it's a bad design. I I just, you know,
0: it was fun to fly. And yeah. it was great chasing. It was great chasing the buzzards around because that was the one airplane they were interested in the most. When We got high enough; those buzzards all oh, come over there and take a look at that thing because it's all painted to look like an eagle. And then once they kind of look at it, or you hit the throttle and to climb up, then they go, "Oh, that's not real," and
1: they kind of <laughs> yeah, they disperse. But no, it's it, it. Like I said, I I it's one of those models you get and you're like you're really hopeful for. And then once yeah. I started getting my teeth into it, I'm like, yeah this isn't a this isn't for a beginner, even for you know an advanced a more advanced person it, it just you had to do so many modifications to it just to get it to where it could fly it just and and even flying it just isn't as enjoyable as I thought it would be so yeah. i I just it's it's gonna be probably next to swap meet or something I go to i'll I'll be getting rid of that model i think <laughs>
0: Well, let me tell you, folks, it was a great trip. We had a good time, uh, despite the fact that Jay and I stayed up too late and (laughs) caught a cold. Uh, But we did have a good time building airplanes. We hope that some of these tools that you can put in your box will help your life, you know, become better when you're building or at least assembling, uh, you know, airplanes. Uh, I know most everything is coming almost ready to fly now, but a lot of these little things that we talked about will just make it go that much faster. So. And for Jim and those guys that are listening to us, man, you guys did a great job with that field. I uh, wish I could have met you guys. I'll do it next time I come down. I'm already planning another trip down there. This time I'm bringing Heck my yeah. radio. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good time, and we, uh, we were uh, excited to, to go down there and, and be a part of it. So, But that's it for tonight, folks. We uh, kind of run out of time. Uh, please email us with your questions, comments, or concerns, or, you know, any topics or suggestions that you might or, have. And or
1: tools that you may have or discovered yourself. Yeah. So let us Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Get a let discussion going. We don't, uh, as now. always, we don't know everything if you haven't figured that out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, almost, uh, yeah. we don't know almost everything. I don't know. We're still learning. <laughs> we, we like to learn as well. So, uh, you know. give us a star rating and review on iTunes. Um, now stick with us, and uh, hopefully we'll see you in two weeks. All right, folks, have, get out there flying. Yep, I know. Despite the heat, get out there and well, uh, yeah. Well,
1: Fortunately, you're not somewhere you get you explode when you outside. So if you're not, <laughs> get out there. And absolutely, have a good time.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, have a good night. We'll see you later. See ya. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to heartflyerpodcast at gmail.com.